my real thoughts are on Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, and honestly, I just don't respect him as a person right now. Fuck you, Kevin Warren. You suck. You're soft. And that was by far the biggest. We don't care about the actual sports or students. We just care about the money move I've seen this entire year. Um, so, yeah. Welcome to the quarry. This is the first in Oaken podcast presented to you unofficially by Hinkle's Hamburgers. Uh, thank you, Hank. Great to be back. Um, apologize for our one week hiatus. We're mourning over the loss of Michael Penix. But rather than talk about the games, I think it's important that we honestly give our thoughts on this year. Uh, what we liked, what we didn't like, uh, some of the big surprises and stuff. Um, yeah, kind of want to hear your guys' thoughts on that. I mean, you think about the start of the season and all the hype there was. Um, and I remember before the Penn State game, we gave our season predictions I said six and two, and I thought that was like a perfect season right there. We're going six and two. And we just finished our year six and one, and our one loss was seven points to Ohio State. This is, I mean, like easily the greatest season in our lifetimes, no question probably the greatest season in IU football history aside from the Rose Bowl year. And holy shit, dude, the future is still so bright. Like this has just been like a dream season at the most unexpected, crazy time ever. And it's, it's hard not to get like emotional about it. Like that was like, we're fucking here. Like Tom Allen is here. Our program is on the map and it it is just, it's unbelievable. I don't know what you guys think, but it just the most ridiculous season we could have asked for. I mean, I, I, I think about you even you draw all the way back to let's go to the start of the year. You we go from questioning whether we'll play or not to thinking we won't to knowing we will. Two of your five captains are lost, you know, by the time you're what essentially halfway through the season, you know, one of them out for the entire year. Um, and you still cobble together despite, you know, so many obstacles, never had a buy. All the other teams we played always came off of us off a of buy, it seemed like. And they still put together the best year in history. And they're not done. If the season ended today, it's still, as you said, the second best season probably in program history. And they haven't even had a chance to close the book on that. And even if, you know, 
there's the extra year of eligibility, which we were trying to figure out exactly how the rule works about if they do get a full another year of eligibility. I saw one website say that you still only have four years of competition. It's just you get another year if you happen to redshirt or sit out a year, whatever it may have been. But let's just say for the sake of the argument, you do get that full extra year for all athletes. You know, you're obviously returning all 22 starters, another year of depth, another strong recruiting class in. The arrow is just starting to point up. That that's that's the that's the first thing I think about when I think about the C I mean, even if they all the seniors have to graduate, you still return sixteen starters if no one transfers or leaves with pretty decent depth, I would say, at the spots leaving. Um, you know, they returned, I think it was like eighty five percent of their production from last year's team, which was I believe the best in the country according to like the S&P Plus or whatever, that ESPN metric, you'd have to think that most of that production comes back again, um, including the entire secondary, which was, in my opinion, the best secondary in college football. Um, That's a fact. Yeah. And, I mean, even now I'm just thinking about the defense. You think about a defense that when you look across the board – at its starters and the, and the makeup and composition of it, you have McFadden, like not recruited at all, um, came from, was he Juco? Don't think he was Juco, but I know out of high school, we were one of two D1 offers he had, I think. I'm pretty sure it was us in Boston College. Okay, yeah, I mean... So it was not recruited, yeah, right? Not recruited at all. Um, you have, um, I think about Bryant Fitzgerald, who, uh, you know, wasn't going to come to IU, changed his mind, had to sit out for academic reasons. You know, there's some screw up um, on some summer courses, apparently, had to sit out a year, came back, like almost transferred, I think, after that, came back. Um, you have contributors such as Demarcus Elliott, who was a JUCO transfer. Um, you have, um, I mean, people who've spent most of their career on special teams. You have highly rated recruits like Jawan Burgess, who can barely see the field. And I mean, it, it's an incredible collection of talent that they've put together from so many different places and they've they're one of the I mean if Tom Allen one should be on a unanimous coach of the year absolutely there's no but I think there might even be a stronger case that Kane Womack could be unanimous for the Broyles award yeah and right. he has to be a shoe for that makes me worried about I mean I, I worry definitely about the continuity of the coaching staff um I, I worry about that more than I worry about Allen. I think the first thing, before you'd ever hear rumors of Allen leaving, you'd definitely hear of other assistants and, and coaches leaving. Hart, Hurd, Sheridan, Womack, down the line. Um, but it's, a, I mean, it's clearly 
a special group of guys who are and then okay now i'm just thinking about now i'm looking i keep i'm off track but the job of the social media team for iu football i mean they they deserve all the credit in a year where you can't have fans you don't get to see the players in person you don't see to get see the game in person you can't feel that energy you feel that energy every saturday on twitter and on instagram from from that group I mean, it's, it's, they're all over ESPN every week. It's, it's a special year. That's what I have for now. I'm sure I have more thoughts. I just can't, I can't even cobble them together. Yeah. I, if you were to tell me, and I, I think I may even said the beginning of this year, like, I think we could go seven and one. If you were to tell me actually would be ending the season one loss, and we, we all know we would have whooped Purdue's ass this week, no debate. Um, and you know we would have covered. But I think the fact that we're worried about our assistants leaving to get higher jobs shows how good of a program we are now. And... I won't dive too far into that because I could go forever on that. But I think really for me, the biggest shock this year was how consistent our defense was and how much like, I mean, beginning of this year, like, yeah, we knew our defense was going to be good, but it was all like, we have Penix, we got, you know, just a good offense. And like, we got some damage I could do, but our defense has been there for us this entire year. I I think we uh, – the biggest shock was how good McFadden was this year. I thought he was going to be good, but he was fucking great. He killed it this year for us. Um, and shout out him for, you know, having a cramp near the end of Wisconsin and then coming back in, playing through injury. Um, I know it's not easy. Um, and whooping some ass. But I think also on offense, big shock, obviously, Fry Fogel. But I think – uh, Marshall honestly provided a lot of help for us on offense that a lot of people might not think about because he still is a threat and had people thinking, we'll ignore his drop um, that would have sealed the game last week, but we still won, so it doesn't matter. But I still think Marshall deserves some credit on offense, and I think he's got a lot of upside in the future um, to really show out. Um but we'll see on that. I, I'm kind of at loss for words how great this year was. This was, we started off the year, classic IU fashion, a blowing 13 point lead in five minutes back on January 2nd. And since then, we have been an absolute wagon of a team. And we said back in January, I think all three of us were at the tailgate for the uh, Gator Bowl. And we both all said, I use a wagon. You better hop on now. And, well, now we have half the country defending us and saying that the college football playoff committee is screwing us. So, I'll leave it at that. I, I think my wanna, only... What's that? My only disappointment about missing the bucket game, obviously you lose the uh, an extra eye on the bucket, but... I really wanted to see how Tuttle could play 
in a potentially more up-tempo game where he was where we had to open right. up the playbook a little bit more. Yeah. Um, you know, Wisco, you know, he's kind of a, a, a ground and pound team. Our defense was able to, you know, smother it. We were able to control the ball, run the ball, make easy, quick reads for him, which like I totally get. Like perfect game plan, work to a T. You could tell that that was what they wanted to do. They wanted to come in. They wanted to make their presence felt. They wanted to be more physical, which is hard to do against Wisconsin, at Wisconsin. They did it. I really wanted to see what would happen if they really opened up the playbook for Tuttle, let him show off his arm. I mean, you saw it on that throw to Marshall on the money, like what, 40, 50 yards downfield. But I was really looking forward to really – one of my biggest unsolved questions is going to be how good could this team have been with Tuttle when you talk about, you know, their potential to to have gone to the CFP or to go to the CFP – their potential in a New Year's six game where, you know, you're, you're going to have a more tightly fought game. What can you expect from Tuttle? Like, oh, there was a lot of talk, you know, a day or two about, you know, rematch OSU. And, you know, someone was like, well, Penix threw 500 yards. And, you know, that was the reason they kept it within a touchdown. We couldn't run the ball. Like you can't have that same game plan that you had for Wisconsin against OSU again. And I would have loved to see how good this team and you still, we still might in whatever game they end up in. And maybe in the Iowa game, you get a little bit more uh, scoring. But I, I'm, I'm really curious to see what this team can do still with Tuttle at the helm. Yeah, I think the ceiling is still very high. Um, Tuttle is good enough to where he can manage games. He will score on short fields and those opportunities our defense creates for us. Um, I hate, I hate the game manager connotation. I mean, I, I, I don't disagree with you cause that's all he's shown right now, but there's always such a negative connotation with that term. Like he's not like Garoppolo. Yeah. That's honestly, it's I feel like you'd be selling short, but I don't yeah, know. No, that's fair. But I mean, yeah, Tuttle doesn't have a rocket launcher on his arm like Penix, but he's still a four-star. He's still a yeah. very good quarterback. Right. right, We haven't seen much of him, but from everything I've heard is like his approach to the game, his like mentality, the way he can throw the ball, the way he can like read a defense, like all are just like really good. And he comes from an IU football family, so – I mean, tell right, next year. I don't know. Here's another kind of a recap question, but it's also a little bit of a, a preview of the offseason and next season. How comfortable are you having or assuming Penix is your starter next year? If it potentially, you know, if you, <laughs> I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but he's had season ending injuries all three years. Right. There, I mean, like, we talked about the durability concerns before the season. We said, you know, don't run them, keep them in the pocket, keep them protected, keep them safe. They tried to do that as much as they could. And he did get hurt on another run. At what point are you hit. limiting the team right. by playing Penix? And do you have to consider it might be in the best interest of the team if Tuttle can make 80% of the throws, 85% of the throws, 
you know he's more durable. Would you rather give him a full off season with the ones? I don't know. I don't, it might be a ridiculous that's question. An, no, that's an interesting one. question. I I think you let Tuttle compete for the job, no question. Absolutely. Um I I don't know. I personally I think Penix is too good to where you I think he'll be the starter yeah, in the start yeah. of twenty twenty one. I think he'll get the the first chance in twenty twenty one and he's earned it. Yeah. Without a doubt. I mean yeah, but it's an interesting dilemma. It is. But, I'll tell you what though, this is a uh, this is going back to the original point Kurt made. How crazy is it that well, first of all, we just watched the best defense in program history. The I best think. turnover defense in the FBS. Yeah. So we've never seen anything close to that. Amazing. But how wild is it that <laughs> You know, it's the last week of the season, and our main concern is that the CFP committee is fucking us, and we're only ranked 12th. Like, if if you told us that at the start of the season, like... That we were getting jobbed by being yeah. the 12th best team in the yeah. country? That's, wait, it's wait, insane. And, Without and a fact, starting quarterback. Yeah. yeah, and the fact that Purdue fans are backing us up, too. Right. Like, Hammer and Rails literally was tweeting, like, ah, oh, you just got screwed. Yeah. I mean. It, it is remarkable. And I, I, I don't have offhand, like, the numbers of when, you know, before Wilson hired Allen, whether you want to say Wilson hired him or Glass hired him, I don't know. Um, but, I mean, it's Allen's third year as head coach was fourth year in the program. I mean, you talk about the disparity. Like, they always talk. I mean, we just watched IU basketball. A lot of talk about the lack of progress in what is now, is this Archie's third year? Fourth. Fourth year. Like, everyone was like, wait for his players. Wait for his players. Wait for the culture. You want want to see evidence of when it works and when it doesn't? You have both right across a parking lot from each other at 17th and Woodlawn. Tom Allen has been able to completely change the mantra and the perception of defense at Indiana University. And I don't I want to talk about basketball anymore. We're not talking about basketball. But it's safe to say he hasn't done it. Well, like, defense, like, we were, what, 117th in the FBS the year before Allen got here? It was it was something like that, yes. Defense didn't exist at IU. No. It was and if you couldn't if it was if you couldn't score forty five points, you weren't gonna be in the game. Right. And now we're beating insane. Wisconsin with with you know twenty twenty total points in the game, wasn't yeah. what I mean. Fourteen six. Yeah, fourteen six. It's 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 remarkable. It it really is. And I think it shows just like how great of a person Allen is. Every time after a game, you see his speech or his interview, and it's all over the internet. It's not even just like IU that's carrying it around on uh, IU social media. You'll see it on like, I mean, his after Ohio State that speech, 
I mean, shit, I want to play that like the day my son's born or something. Like, I, I think that he, he's going to be the godfather he, of my kid, whether he knows it or not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a high chance right now my first kid's name is Thomas Allen Eshelman. And <laughs> it, it's probably going to end up happening. And I might ask Tom Allen to be the godfather via Twitter. So, but I think it's just insane to see how much the programs change and how much the attitude of the university is towards football now. I mean, shout out Scott Dolson also being a great uh, athletic director, but I think, I feel like the university is talking so much more and just focus so much more around the football program now than in the past. And it, goes to show like we have backing we have students we have fans that are finally giving a shit about the football program other than us three and like a handful of other people and it's awesome like that's just I'm a little scared no. though because we don't have as many seats at next year's uh you know regular season games but i'm okay with that that means we're in an absolute wagon <laughs> so knowing what we know and like like let's come back to present day rather than kind of rewind and review like at this point under you know let's say let's say we do play iowa um like going from like whether like tell me whether we win or lose that game and then tell me you know is it did we overachieve if we're in a new year six did we underachieve because we didn't get the shot at the playoff? Are we satisfied if it's an Outback Bowl, Citrus Bowl? Like, what will be, like, let's say, like, tell me if we win or lose that game, what bowl game we go to, and then how you feel about the season after that. Okay. I think, assuming, I, I think we will get to see our game against Iowa. I think we will. Holding out hope. Um, I think we win by 10. And I think that gives us a bid to the Fiesta Bowl against USC. Who will be, it'll be like the de facto Rose Bowl. Just not a Rose will. Bowl. Yeah. I hadn't thought about it. Swap it. Too. Yeah. Just swap them. I hadn't thought um, about it. I, I think that's where we'll see ourselves. And... I, I think we are at the point where, regardless of where we end up, if we do not win our bowl game, we will look at our season as somewhat of a disappointment. I just think that's where we are. Um, I think a game against USC would be a very good one. I think we would win. And I think I would look back and be like, holy shit, we won... So we went the eight and one. Bowl. We went, we went. No, that would be nine, right? Well, we're we're Assuming, six and one. Oh, right, right. I was right, seven. Right. USC eight. Right, right. Eight um, and one. Eight and one. Eight Rose Bowl one. champion, presumably ranked. Right. Seven. The fact, yeah. So I think that's a hell of a year. The CFB, you put in the CFP idiot kind of curve on it they put us 10th below probably an inexplicable team that lost its bowl game but okay yeah seventh 
arbitrarily. Loss, Iowa yeah. State or something. And and I feel good about that. I you feel uh, good about an eight and one Fiesta Bowl champion, IU. Yeah, I do not think there is any shot we are getting into the playoff without being undefeated for the next five years. I think you have to. I don't know. Like, I agree. I mean, I think have like that name to be able to do that. I feel like. I think you. I mean, if you're in the Big Ten, you have to win your conference. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, yeah, obviously the name recognition helps, and in a weird like you know, in a year like this, the name recognition gets you your chance to play in the conference championship, right? Um, but being undefeated helps too. Like they do have matchup by great class, but. I mean, I, I agree. Like, yeah, if you're if you're not going to be your conference champion, you have to be undefeated. But you have to be you have to win the Big Ten. And when you play in, you know, second hardest division in college football, year in and year out, it's really hard. And I think that's going to be the next question that everyone's going to have of Indiana is like, you know, let's say, let's assume there's a little bit of turnover on the coaching staff. Let's assume you get some guys go to the draft. You know, maybe player two transfers out, player two transfers in. Um, you know, how how sustainable can Indiana football be? Can they build off that momentum of let's say eight and one Fiesta Bowl champion and vault themselves into a playoff contender? Or does it kind of fall into like a almost uh you know kind of a purgatory of like kind of where iowa's been for like 10 years of like yeah they're gonna compete in their conference they're gonna go to a good bowl game they're never gonna surprise you to the upside and they rarely surprise you to the downside i think it honestly depends too how many players are returned this year um and like how that whole um like players going to know your eligibility thing works out with us because if we return a bunch of players, I don't see them not putting us. Say we went out, I don't know, top fifteen next year preseason. Like they'd be out of there. I mean, it's coaches and eight people, so they'd actually probably give us some respect too, on like the fucking CFP. So I I don't see why not. I feel like we'd at least have a chance, even with one loss, but it'd still be iffy. We're still gonna have to be undefeated, though. I think to make the CFP someday, and it's horseshit that that's the way it is. Especially when it's like, oh, our only loss is by seven when we are actually in the game too against the top four team, and we still get the absolute disrespect that we have right now. When you have teams like Iowa State or Georgia who have two losses, Iowa State with two losses that aren't good either it's not like they lost by seven to the top louisiana team. louisiana lafayette yeah the raging cajuns and they lost by what 17 yeah uh, they're they only scored 17 or something yeah like fucking horse shit but besides it's okay Matt Campbell will be at michigan next year and can bring that uh Magic from Ames up to Ann Arbor. Yeah, we'll see about that. I don't know. Jim Harbaugh still has a job, which, you know, recurring segment of ours. The buyout's too high. COVID year. 
I'm, I'm also just side note. I'm looking at the Iowa roster, and I completely forgot that Koi Kronk transferred there. Yeah, yeah I, I want to play them for that reason. Would he, would he start for us? I don't no. think so. Yeah, he wasn't going to. That's why he transferred. They would have started him at guard, right? Over no, Kattik? I don't think he would have. Interesting. Who cares? Don't need him. What a pussy. He was from Lafayette anyways. Yeah, fuck that guy. Oh my gosh. That should have been warning sign number one. He wasn't Allen's guy. <laughs> he he was a Wilson guy. He was definitely a Wilson guy. Through and through. Okay, so who are let's say, you know, we talked about the transition of the team and who who is gonna surprise you and, and go pro and stay pro? I think you'll get a ton of guys throw their names in the hat. Who's going to surprise you and stay in the draft? You know, I've had, I have done little to no research on any kind of NFL mock draft stuff, anything like that. Um, But the first name off the top of my head would be Jamar Johnson. Um. Just, I feel like he's had a hell of a year. Um, Is it the dreads or does he play like Honey Badger? <laughs> he's Honey Badger, dude. He's got a lot of Honey Badger in him. Or is Honey Badger trying to beat Jamar Johnson? Good point. You want to get a good question. I'll, I'll say the person I first kind of, when I look up and down, the person I think that that could stay. I don't, I'm not saying whether it'd be right or wrong. You know, you can never fault someone on, on trying to go capitalize off their career. Uh, Stevie Scott. Do you think he'd leave for the draft? Potentially. I think... I mean, I mean, he's had a great career. The amount of carries he has on his body, that's going to be a concern. You know, what kind of workload can you take after having... I mean, let me look at his career stats, but he... I mean, he, he's taking a ton of hits. He's a pretty known commodity as a runner, and he's got Samson, and he's got Baldwin behind him. Who's, I mean, Baldwin's starting to play different. well. <laughs> There's a chance he says, you know, I I don't want to be in a timeshare. I don't want to be fighting for carries. I'm I've proven everything I needed to prove this year. I'm gonna stay pro. Especially if if Hart leaves, I feel like that. Because he is like Hart's guy. Because Hart's from like the Syracuse area and all that. I think if Hart leaves, that could. I now now you're saying it. I'm starting to agree with you on that. My other name would be uh. But it would have potentially been Caleb Jones. I'm not sure if he's played quite to that level this yeah. year anymore. Uh, he's the other one that I think potentially could have surprised and, and could could still, but could could go pro. I would say a lot of this depends, though, on the bowl game we get in. Uh, if we make a – if it's a New Year's Six Bowl and say we show out there, I think that really would up the amount of guys trying to go pro. Yeah, I mean, but, you have to think McFadden puts his name in. Jamar puts his name in. Um, I, I mean, I bet, like, Hendershot puts his name in. Um, going I think he to, did, but didn't he last year? I think I, he did. 
Um, I think so. I mean, I wouldn't even be fully surprised if I saw Reese Taylor or Jalen Williams yeah. put their name on. Just to see. Jay will probably. Will. I, I think he will. Um, I mean, we know Ty Fry is going to. Even if he gets another year of eligibility, I don't know how all that shit's going to work out. But he's got to, I feel like. Yeah. He's yeah, so no. hot this year. Yeah. And good for him if he goes and gets drafted. I mean, he was not on anyone's boards for all rounds probably before this year. Except for ours, obviously, but... Kurt, I don't know if, if you ever really answered, like, what, like, okay, let's say we beat Iowa and, you know, New Year's Six, good year, bad year, uh, you know, a Citrus um, or Outback Bowl. Um, you know, if we lose a New Year's Six or if we lose an Outback or a Citrus or if we win either of those, like, is it a good year? Is it an underwhelming year? You know, what's your what's going to be like your takeaway of the season? Is it going to be what could have been what should have been and, or like, you know, what's next? Like what, I, what, what are you thinking about? Um, honestly, I would say good year when I like think with a calm head, you know, like relax a little bit. I also want to say like, if we weren't so close to Ohio State, and, like, yeah, Ohio State deserves being the CFP over us. They beat us. They're the better team. But if we weren't so close to them, I probably wouldn't be, wouldn't be as much like, eh, I don't know. Even if we, like, make a near six, win that. Because Ohio State, honestly, they're probably, I would say they're second best team in the country this year. And the fact that we were that close to them and we – could have and honestly in my opinion should have beat them just shows that like we have so much going forward now i also won't be satisfied from now on with an iu football season until i see tom allen 30 balling alabama in the national championship um and him having a and nick saban having to shake his hand because he is literally the exact opposite of nick saban we're certainly closer to that than we are to to begging three star in state recruits to consider us. Yeah. Oh jeez. I'm glad we're past those days, though. Let's be honest. I think so. I mean, we we talked about it on the first episode, and I whether it was in jest or not, I'll let our listeners decide whether it was in jest or not. We talked about if we matched up better with Bama or Clemson, and we agreed Clemson. Easily, and I think though, if you told if you if I didn't know anything else, and I woke up in a month, and we have beaten USC in the Fiesta Bowl, and we've gone eight and one, and we're ranked top seven in the country, I would say it was a remarkable year in which the team probably like met or exceeded every single expectation of it, and it was probably a step and a half forward for the program in comparison to like a step forward, you know, to me probably would have been a bowl, like the music city bowl and you win. 
versus, you know, going to the Gator Bowl, blowing it in traditional IU fashion. Like, to me, the next step was a similar, slightly better bowl, and you win. Now, when you go through this season and you see it all, it's like, damn, why isn't it, you know, you're like, why isn't it an 18 playoff? Why don't we even have a shot at the 14 playoff? Like, you know, we got screwed every single way we could have along the year with the schedule, never playing a team off a bye, um, doing everything right within our power. You know, it seemed like every step of the way until, you know, a day or two ago when the COVID started popping, they followed all the protocols, did everything right. They don't get a chance. Yeah, you come within a touchdown of Ohio State. You know, a lot of people, a lot of very smart people who watch the game say they think IU is a top five to seven team in the country. It does leave probably a little bit of a bad taste in your mouth. But I think when you, when you know, that the kind of recency of that will fade, it, it'd be hard pressed to say this team took a giant leap. What's next? You look at the roster, you say, wow, sky's the limit. I mean, you come within a touchdown of Ohio State. All its major production is gone. Fields gone. Olave gone. Uh, Borland Werner gone. Sean Wade gone. Like, yeah, they're going to restock that cupboard for sure. It already is. But the names you saw for Ohio State this year are going to be gone. The names you saw for Indiana next year are probably going to be back. And you talk about having to go undefeated if you want to go to the CFP. If you give me a look at the Big Ten right now, there's no reason to suggest you you could you could rule out that possibility next year for IU. Yeah. That there would be the second best team in the Big Ten preseason. I mean, yeah, you're you're probably exactly right. Um, it's not. You probably have some people saying they're the best team in the Big Ten. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. In the hardest, in the hardest division in the NCAA, if I might add, because it is. Just saying that. That wasn't a dig at any more local conferences to you, was it? Uh, well, I'm a Bloomington resident, so and future Good Pasadena point. resident. So. I, I did forget. I am a townie. But yeah, right. oh, yeah, I don't know. That's I mean, that's that's my thoughts. I think my uh, my biggest disappointment or regret is that I wasn't I wasn't there to see it in person. Yeah. To, wait, sh- wait. to share it with people who hey. were there to the Nickel State games, <laughs> who were there in the Yukon games. Sat through the rain and the snow. The season where our only win was what South Carolina State. Yeah, I went to every game. Drove five hours for that shit, and you know what? Well, worth it. Worth every second. I saw someone tweet the other day. It was something along the lines of, "I can't wait for a couple of years down the road when my kids and my grandkids ask me." Grandpa, what was 2020 like? And the first thing I say to be, God damn it, you should have seen that IU football team. Like, that's... <laughs> I didn't that, see that. That's, like, that's... <laughs> hey, that's exactly, like, if you're to ask your grandparents about 1970, like, when IU hired Bobby Knight, 
we're going to be like, that was the start of when I used yeah. football. Like, and they're like, yeah, I, you just won their like seventh national championship in a row by then. Who similar knows? similar to kind of like the, the night getting hired. I mean, his name's going to pop up. What, if any jobs do you think Allen leaves for? And would it only be because the money's not comparable? If you assume um, the money's comparable, what job does he leave for if it opens? I, I honestly think it's going to be uh, like high stakes SEC job yeah. if the money's like, we're talking hardball level. Because he's like, I think this year, especially making New Year's Six, the pay raise he'll get, I mean, shit, he'll be, he already could probably retire by now, but he'll be able to retire after just one year's salary. And I think. He would leave that's like, not his style at all though no not at all and like the guy probably loves living in bloomington indiana like you said um who was his dad uh coach with like his dad was the football coach when it was like damon bailey's dad was the basketball coach like that guy loves indiana yeah, he's like, i don't there. i don't think any sec coach would be fired that would have a job that would super intri- like oh, maybe Malzahn. Malzahn's I mean, Auburn, the only one I can think of. Al- Auburn came after I, him for yeah. DC. I don't know if that's. I'm concerned. I don't know if that's good enough. I don't. I'm. I'm not convinced if. If you assume like they come at him with a you know bunch of zeros next to a number. And Allen says, you know, I I want to stay. Can you match? You know, most if not all of it at IU to stay. I'm not convinced he does leave either. If it I was mean, like what a to go back to Ole Miss, where he has a lot of history, I, I'd I'd be a little bit more concerned. Or if it was a job maybe near Tampa, but I mean, like he's not—he would never go to like a USF again, or like yeah. a—he's way beyond that. But like a maybe if he's an FSU, an if an FSU opening him, I mean, they've been a a revolving door at coach ever since. Bowden and I guess to some extent Jimbo. Yeah. I I mean it's you're hard. I'm really hard pressed to find. Right now, my only concern is Auburn. That's my the only team I feel like he could leave for is Auburn because like Ole Miss, they're not getting rid of Lane Kiffin. Every other team in the SEC that's like worth a damn, they're not getting rid of their coach. And like I feel like a gal like Gus Malzahn's like probably on the biggest hot seat right now. And the only ones that could pay him like good money. Do we go into the spin zone and talk a Citrus Bowl IU Auburn game where Auburn wins and saves Gus Malzahn's job, thus keeping Tom (laughs) Allen at IU? Chestnut checkers. (laughs) Just like Tuttle going into the you know the tunnel last week versus Wisconsin, and Wisconsin be like, oh fuck, we can punt the ball. And then Tuttle comes out. Hey, it's chess. Not checkers. That's all I have to say. But I don't. Know. I, I I don't see Allen leaving us now for yeah. any teams that are worth. There's... I feel like he's electrified our fan base enough and our boosters enough to where if we need to pay him a certain amount of money, all Dolson has to do is make a couple calls to our big donors, and he'll fucking stay. Yeah. Like I don't see why not. And like I kind of agree. Alan's I such like, as well. like Alan's like let's see like 
he's not like Mr. All About the Money. He's not like Mr. Like Flashy on purpose. Why on earth would he want to leave us for a bigger money job if we offer him a higher amount? Like a little bit better even than what he had before. Yeah. All I, I know is Tom Allen, the Lord is my shepherd. Tom Allen is my football coach. That's all I know. Hey Amen. I, I, I just, I'm happy that we spend our time talking about how worried we need to be losing talent to the NFL and losing coaches to the SEC. Right. Oh my God. What a world. I remember when a guy Within in our like team would make months. a practice squad, I'd be excited. <laughs> like when Ray Fisher made a practice squad yeah. back in the day. I was like, let's go. Shane Wynn, slide of IU and kick returner for the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> for like a year. Yeah. I mean, uh, it it's crazy the talks we're having now. And like, I know we always say like Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl every year. But the fact that like we're pissed the CFP, we're truly pissed off that the CFP had the Rose, uh, took the Rose Bowl this year. I mean, yeah, it's it's wild, dude. This is like dreamland. Yeah. And like our strongest point of our team, our second, our uh, secondary, is all underclassmen for the most part. I, I I can't imagine watching them next year. It I makes the game. It make. I mean, to some extent, it's going to sound pretty cocky. It makes the games boring. I mean, <laughs> I I you you'd be lying if you said last week's game wasn't really boring. Arbitrarily, if you had no rooting interest in either team, right? Oh, last game right. you would have never put on TV. Yeah. But that's how suffocating that defense is. You cross the 50-yard line, and our defense is like, no, nah, no. Nah. You ain't going like, anymore. Like the meme where the guy sits up on uh, the video games? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's us. Once we cross that's Kane Womack. Kane Womack. Kane and the right, Powder Blue. Yeah. The Dickens boys. <laughs> Shout out to Kane Womack for bringing back Powder Blue. Yeah, seriously. We need to. Good this year. We need to think about wearing some powder blue throwbacks next year. Just, I'm all in. Yeah. I saw some mock-ups. I did too. The mock-ups look good. I mean, I would love it. I, I don't what year was that though that we had like twelve different jerseys? Was that I thought 2013? It was, <laughs> it was like a Hallmark? year that we were like a four win team and like that was the only way to get us on ESPN was like, IU football has eight new jerseys for this yeah. year. It's like they cut the salary of half their coaching staff and uh, administrative people, but uh, they have like eight jerseys this year, so they're good. Just to get the Fort Wayne Lures athlete in the building. <laughs> Literally, just to make them take a picture on like the old shitty Instagram with an iPhone 4. All right, we're we're running up on fifty minutes. You guys, um, I mean, we'll do another episode. Do you guys have any last comments, parting words for Kevin Warren? Yeah, that's what I really wanted to ask. I feel like that was going to be the long part of our episode, but just a season review could take us five hours. Um, words for Kevin Warren: uh, You're a fraud. Uh, fuck you. 
among other things, you suck. Uh, you should quit. Um, a couple other stuff. But I think it's bullshit because we all know damn well exactly what would have happened if it was IU that was at 5-0 and and Ohio State at 6-1 and with their one loss to us. We know damn well what they would have done. And it would have been like, oh, no, that's what we decided on the beginning of the year. And it's horseshit. It's horseshit that we actually play well. Our players follow protocols. Our players don't get fucking COVID. They, you know, don't go out and try to live their best lives outside of football. And, you know, act like fucking adults. But, you know, let's fuck over IU on that one. And it's horseshit that that happened. And the fact that we get screwed over for it doesn't shock me one bit. And it didn't shock anyone that's an IU fan. Like, we're pissed off about it, but honestly, like, you guys tell me, were you shocked that they did this at all? Not at all. No, I'm pretty sure on our last episode we called it. Yeah, and that was two weeks ago. We we talked about it in our in our group chat in between episodes that we were like it, it's it's gonna happen. We knew it would. Someone brought that up a couple weeks ago, and I was like, no, they're gonna screw us over. They're gonna change the rules for Ohio State. Yeah. Little do they know that we have earmuffs and uh, and blinders, blinders. <laughs> and blinders. That should be. We should rename. We should rename the podcast to earmuffs. earmuffs and blinders. <laughs> you guys want to do it? Motion. That's motion something to think change. about, dude. That's motion something to, to think change about. the pod name for twenty twenty one. To earmuffs and blinders. Motion, motion confirmed. I'll go by the uh, URL earmuffs and blinders. <laughs> also, go follow our blog. All right, you want to wrap us up? Well, I, I want to hear what your guys' words for for Kevin Warren, just real quick. I I think you summed it up pretty nicely. Um, it was expected, but still, fuck you, Kevin. Fuck I fucking Kevin. know that. You fucking suck. Is there any, like, office quote of Michael, like, shitting on Kevin that would just, like, be very fitting? There probably isn't. I'm not the biggest office guy, but I mean, I don't, I don't think so, to be honest. It's it's all been said. It's out in the public. I think, um, you know, he's ashamed of himself. He's not because he gets a fat, nice little paycheck. But uh, in his hardest of hearts, he knows what he did. But we don't blink. We don't. Earmuffs and blinders. Fucking blinders. Gosh. Fuck you, Kevin Warren. Um, also, so I think just finish this off, though, Dave, with our favorite recurring segment. Why does Jim Harbaugh have a job still? I said it once before. I'll say it again. The buyout's too expensive. And because he is too big of a baby and he wouldn't let Michigan send him into the Harbaugh and Crean family Thanksgiving and Christmas being the only one without a job. <laughs> That's true. That is very true. Um, well, before Hank sends us off with his with the greatest saying in America and what everybody should live by, but go follow the blog at First Noken, you'll see it on our Twitter and firstnoken.com. Spell it out, no numbers. It's electric. It's we're gonna win Pulitzer someday. But Hank, you wanna find it uh finish this off? Would love nothing more. Our loyal listeners, I will leave you with one thing, and that is 
L E fucking O. Love each other, baby.